Hello and welcome back to Football by the Numbers. I am John Flame, your host. I am joined by my two best friends, Andrew, future former professional midfielder, soccer legend and prodigy, and of course, Will the Wall, goalkeeper extraordinaire, the brick wall at the back. Will, how are you doing? With no emotion. <laughs> I want no emotion, Will. Mixed feelings, guys. You know, Sunday league, uh, we're in a bit of a drought, two losses in a row. Hopefully we turn around this weekend. But uh, on the bright side, St. Louis City SC season tickets for uh, Sporter Section went on sale finally. Yes! Here we go! They did. I'm... Super excited about those supporter tickets. They're going not too expensive, too, for like 20 home games. Really awesome. Good deal. We we should caveat this with the first of our two losses in a row was the championship game. So we were runner-up in the league. And then the second loss in a row was because half of our team, including our future former prodigy, Andrew, did not show up because he decided to take a Florida vacation in the middle of October just randomly. Speaking of My bums that don't like to show up for games andrew how are you bud fantastic and it's not that i don't like to show up for games but florida come on i, I had to take the opportunity when i could fair enough especially given the chillier weather we've been having you know but i, know I think it was I, 90 down there i'm yeah. struggling to yeah it was, i'm cold. sure you're struggling to adapt here with with you on the team i think we really could have taken over that that other team i mean they were not as fit we had to meld in some substitutes that weren't really familiar with us we didn't have chemistry but speaking of being taken over i want to talk to you guys today about the newcastle takeover so let me just give you a little bit of background knowledge this newcastle takeover has kind of been in the works for a couple of years now it was supposed to be last summer they took it over i don't know if it was mike ashley the former owner who didn't really want to sell because of the covid market or if the saudis backed out but essentially the saudi investment fund which is 88 percent owned by mohammed bin salman the crown prince of saudi arabia and the other 20 percent is owned by proxy of mohammed bin salman even though they said it's not allowed to be owned by him he's a kleptocrat essentially he nationalized all the saudi oil fields and uses the wealth for his own benefit he's got multiple human rights violations from human rights watch and other human rights activist organizations and uh, he's also a murderer he's murdered many people including in 2018 a washington post journalist Jamal Khashoggi in a Saudi embassy in Istanbul by dismembering him and boiling his body parts in acid for being an outspoken dissident. This is the new owner of Newcastle fans, but at the same time, Newcastle fans rejoice because in the late 90s and early 2000s, they were a really big club. And then Mike Ashley came in and took over and completely ruined the club. So I think they can still rejoice at this this club takeover and the success and the money that the Saudis are going to be invested in, but also protest the owner. But since we have two fans of a club, Chelsea, owned by a kleptocratic Russian oligarch, alleged of murder and human rights violations, I want to hear from you hypocrites. What do you guys think of this takeover? I mean, ultimately, it comes from money. Money buys anything and everything, right? who care when when you have a certain amount of wealth there's there's as we can see in any country there's no uh right or wrong it's just where do your dollar signs go uh to caveat this this is andrew's opinion and andrew's opinion only money does not buy all it does not supersede morals and are the you highest sure? dollar are you should sure? not buy it look at the bundesliga they do it right they have fan ownership uh, that's that's much better in my opinion uh, this this comes from once again a, a, you didn't a say to tell you what the right decision was to make you i said, asked you what your opinion was 
And if your opinion no, is no. that money buys all, then <laughs> my, my my opinion is is I'm an American U.S. citizen and have zero ties to any European club or whoever buys them. I so just I'm, love the team. So before I move on to Will, I'll take that as you're an outside supporter and you're eager to see more competition in the league and added money. I'll I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. I don't even know if I'm excited about that. I honestly, I I think it was kind of unnecessary. All right, Will, your opinion. What do you think of the Newcastle takeover? Yeah, I don't want to overlook any of the uh, shady stuff that the ownership has pulled in the past. But on the bright side, you know, I'm excited for Newcastle. They're always finishing in the bottom half of the table. Super boring. Never relegated, but always stay up. And a team with deep pockets that can uh, compete with Man City and Chelsea. and They don't have pockets. The pocket is never ending. There's no such thing as pockets to their new owner. Yeah, the Saudi investment fund, just to put this in perspective, I think Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich, is worth about $10 billion. The United Arab Emirates owners, Sheikh Mansour over at Manchester City, and his city investment group is worth about $30 billion. The Saudi investment fund, the private investment fund, is worth $350 billion. So yeah, this is a little bit of a bottomless pit. And in in fairness, I believe it is either the FA, the Football Association of England, has imposed stricter financial regulations so that the Saudis cannot self-advertise and self-sponsor their team, essentially saying like, okay, Saudi Airlines is going to be the sponsor of Newcastle United, and it's going to be a $150 billion deal so they can just go crazy with all their purchases. You can no longer do that. They put a temporary pause on that with an alleged permanent ban. I believe the City Investment Group did that with Etihad Airways, and they self-sponsored a few years ago to avoid financial fair play as well. Let me Shall- let me just mention, please please provide some sources of who could outbid $350 billion. I didn't say that there was any source that could outbid $350 billion, but it's That's all down to, to the investment into the club. Money buys anything. Except for Bayern Munich. Um, anyway, so let's move on to cl- the same club that's not 50 plus one owned by the fans and therefore inferior, Newcastle. So let's talk Newcastle. Let's pretend that the human rights violations don't exist, which is pretty easy when we tunnel vision on football. And let's talk about how to improve the Newcastle team as it is now. Now, currently they sit 19th place with zero wins from, I believe it is seven games now. Steve Bruce, after his hundredth match or thousand match in charge was just fired from the team which according to all the Geordies and everyone in Newcastle is a fantastic thing and according to anybody with two eyes and a, a sensibility about football thinks is a good thing because he's a horrible manager he doesn't have the backing of the players he's lost the locker room he's constantly just stagnating right there in the bottom quarter of the table between 15th and 17th place where he won't get relegated but he's not going to do anything good for the team so boys who do you think's going to take over as manager do you think they're going to go all in balls to the wall try and get a winning manager to get him as high up the table as possible or do you think they go for somebody who can grow with the club or do you think they just go for like a big sam allardyce to avoid relegation for this first time and then switch on to somebody else as the club grows the best move would be you know kind of an up-and-coming coach to grow with the club over time this will definitely take you know time for this team to improve uh so i think names like a name like steven gerrard would be one of the best possible solutions 
solutions. You know, Lampard's name comes up as well, obviously. Not the same level of success that Gerard has had with Rangers. But I feel like the club will go with more of a splashy name to get people's attention, somebody who's had more success over time. So I think, you know, Antonio Conte's name will likely come up. You know, maybe Roberto Martinez's name always comes up as well for openings. But I feel like he's probably happy where he's at right now rather than going to Newcastle. So I would I would put my money on Antonio Conte to get... Since Antonio Conte was at Juventus, he's really preferred that 3-5-2 formation, which I believe Newcastle run more often than not. With the new Saudi board and complete overhaul of their, of their back office... Yeah, they might not be overhauling it, but I think eventually we'll we'll see some changes there. And I think Antonio Conte would have a lot of backing from the board. I don't know. Obviously, Newcastle can now afford him, but I don't know that he takes it based on the current. I just don't see Antonio Conte coaching John Joe Shelby and Joel Linton this season but he could because he has that project he has the backing of the board and he is notoriously known for quitting when the board don't support his decision so i do like that do you really think frank lampard is a good enough coach to make it at newcastle and make it at this project because i think he made it to like seventh or eighth place before thomas tuchel took over is he really good enough to make it at newcastle i would think that chelsea with the talent that they had had would have some level of success behind it anyway and you can't like if they're not going to get relegated so there's only a lowest point that they can go do you really think frank lampard is that manager that can grow with the club i mean i think he's the young coach and a big name I don't yeah I don't think he's there yet obviously he had some early success with Chelsea and things kind of fell apart I don't think he's the right man or someone they're gonna seriously pursue unless all they care about is you know the big name of a great former player and even then I think Steven Gerrard like you said would be a better better pick for that those are those are some Excellent names. Andrew, do you have anything to add? Any any other coaching name? Greg Berhalter, perhaps? If I'm the club, if I'm the club, I'm, <laughs> if I'm the club, I'm going the complete opposite way. I'm finding my player that I really want to sign and I'm seeing who he wants me to bring in. John, you and I kind of talked about this over the phone. I'm, I'm, I'm calling... Mbappe I'm calling uh any any player that's that's unhappy with where they're at and I'm finding out what kind of coach they want what style they want who meshes with it because ultimately when you're building from the ground up you got to make your superstars happy that's what's going to make the biggest splash and you know you know they're looking to make a splash and I just don't know if signing a big coach name is the right way for them to go about it. I think if they sign one or two stars, you know, they got deep pockets, one or two stars to bring a coach in with them. You might have a little bit bigger of a jump start than just trying to find a big coach that makes a big name. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective, too. I had Ralph Rang- Ranick, the coach who became director of football over at RB Leipzig, who is now in Russia. He took that that coach he's got a lot of experience in getting teams out of the relegation zone as well as getting teams promoted he's really good at taking talent and just really grinding out talent finding some low-cost multi-skilled role-playing players that he can use to further advance his team and play a certain specific style Caden Clark play a certain style (laughs) of 
football to get where the team needs to be. You saw that with RB Leipzig before the Julian Nagelsmann days. You see that wherever he goes. I think he would be an excellent pick for the first like year or two and then promote him to a director of football position and really build the team around him. The other coach I went with was Graham Potter. I mean, we see how well he's been doing at Brighton. Last year, the statistics played it out, but they didn't have a goal scorer to really finish off all those chances. Now they do. You see where they're at. They're in fifth. I think he's taken Brighton probably about as far as he can, getting them into fifth. And I know it's early doors. I know we could see something happen with Brighton. Maybe they qualify for Europe or something like that. But I could see Newcastle being the project with the investments, him getting the investment backing and whatever he needs from the board to really push forward and get Newcastle to be the powerhouse that it used to be. So, now that we've got managers assorted, let's move on to transfers. Now, transfers, due to financial fair play, the clubs cannot spend more than three times their loss in for the last three years cumulative plus a certain amount. So for Newcastle, I did the math, it's about 190 million to 200 million pounds that they have to spend. Let's go through some transactions, let's go through some players here, who do you bring in, and we'll do one for each position, one goalkeeper, one center back or defender, one midfielder, and one forward. If you have more than one that you want to say, great, say it. But let's do one per position, starting with goalkeeper. Who do you bring in in January to help this team out and try and at least avoid relegation? Will, who do you have at goal? Yeah, I'll kick things off with the backup for Man U, uh, Dean Henderson, back behind David De- David De Gea this year, just a couple seasons removed from his time at Sheffield where he was a starter and he had 13 clean sheets. This man is incredible. He deserves to be a starter in the Premier League and Newcastle's had a lot of trouble keeping the ball out of the, out of the net this year. It would probably take a lot to woo Man U to move on from him. Obviously, it's you know super valuable to have the best backup goalkeeper in the league. I think a loan option would be good for him just to get some playing time and to continue with that. And it's a good short-term solution too, maybe with an option to buy. I think it'd probably take about 30 to 40 million though to pry Dean Henderson away from Manchester United with the form that David De Gea has been in. Andrew, who do you have for goalkeeper? Oh, I'm going to butcher his name. Here we He's go. over at AC Milan. Mike Magnan. Is that how you, how you say his? Yeah, uh, M-A-I-G-M-A-N. Mignon, yeah, yes. Mignon, yes. save you yes, there. Sir. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. He just arrived at AC Milan. What makes you say Mike Mignon? I think he's somebody that can be persuaded to move. I mean, AC Milan is is a quality team, but at the same time, what's what's better than being made the face goalkeeper of a, a club that's that's being built? I mean, he's what? How old is he? He's twenty. He's pretty young. I think he's like 20, 25, 25, 26. somewhere in there. So he's young. When I watch AC Milan play. Two weeks ago, I, I felt that he was like, he wants to be a star. He could be playing in Europe, which in Europe is playing for Newcastle in England. What's what's higher than playing the Premier League? I, I think you bring up a valid point, too. He's really He was really a diamond in the rough that flew under the radar after the departure of Donnarumma. We've seen that I think AC Milan's in second place in Serie A now. They don't have a win in three, unfortunately, in their group, but they did pull a really hard group with Porto, Liverpool, and Atletico Madrid. So they were in for a pretty rough time. They do have the financial constraints, too, that they're still trying to recover from, so he's probably not on high wages. Newcastle, obviously, I think the biggest thing that they're going to have to spend on is not transfer fees, but on wages to try and pry people away, bring them in and say, you know, essentially sell them on this project that they're on doing. On what you're building. What yeah. you're going to build. Essentially this rebuild. And 
to do that, I think there's the got to be a financial incentive. You're going to be the face of the club. I mean, that's yeah. what they have to sell. They have to sell that you're going to be the face of the club. You're going to make money and you're going to be the guy. Like whoever we want to start, th- those are going to be our posters on the, on, on the stadium. That's what you're going to see. And and then some of the clubs that these guys are already at, that's hard to do. I mean, they have, they have history. There's, there's, there's guys everywhere that, that are already on posters. It's, I just right. think it's a good option that he could be. My second one, I got to throw him in there just because I got to, I got to toot the U.S. horn. Uh, Stefan, you know, over there at Man City. Fair enough. Yeah. Be... What, what better project than a project? I think the thing that he lacks the most is playing. I think he lacks playing. And the thing that Newcastle is going to provide to Stefan that Man City doesn't provide is the opportunity to make mistakes without the pressure. You make a mistake at Man City, you're costing them something. You make a mistake at Newcastle while they're rebuilding, there's nothing at stake. They're at the lowest of low. They're at a they're burning the stake. They're selling everybody. They got a new owners. Like what's more free than playing for a club that has no expectations, no options, and are just gonna go up? Yeah, I don't I don't agree with you on the Zach Steffen pick I'm I'm biased I I like the pick I think it's creative but if it were me personally and I was the director of football there I'd rather stick with Darlow or with Dubrovka I think they're better keepers than Zach Steffen I think in 19th with three points on the board with three draws from seven you do have a lot to play for and those mistakes can cost you now as you as you move up we, it could change until January with a new manager and new owners coming in and a new style of play we could see him higher up and then and I would agree with you on the Zach Steffen where goals don't really matter. And if you're a project, you know, it's we, we can rebuild. But I think Dubrovka is a better pick and just sticking with him than taking uh, Zach Steffen. But I like the creativity of the pick. Had a good performance this past weekend filling in for uh, Henderson. So maybe I'm wrong. He's so young. He's just you so know. young. He's just so young. He is very young. He's very green. There's so much potential in there. There's so much potential. And I just think if he had a freer environment, he'd, he'd, he just, I haven't seen him play a game that doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think I think if he gets more playing time, he will develop and he will truly blossom into a good goalkeeper. I just personally would rather play it safe if I was the director of football at Newcastle. But let me know if I'm wrong. Leave a comment down below. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get alerted to all of our videos. And let me know if I'm wrong about, about Zach Steffen. Is he a good fit for the Newcastle? He can definitely grow with some playing time and with the club. How big can we, he grow? I don't know. Leave your opinion down below. I went with Walter Benitez from OGC Nice. He's got an incredible save percentage. I think it's about 85% so far this year. He's got Nice sitting in fourth. He's got an average goals against per 90 right now of 0.56 across nine matches. He's only let five in. And he's got 27 shots on target against with 23 saves. He's really, I mean, he's really been doing an incredible job. I think he'd be a good fit. He's not too old either. I think he's about 28 years old. Um, The Argentinian keeper, we've seen him a couple of times. I believe he's been replaced now on the Argentinian national team by Emmy Martinez over at Aston Villa, which he's been pretty lights out there. So, you know, he could see his spot back in there. He's not a project. It's essentially rebuilding the spine of Newcastle is what I'll be what I would be trying to do. Having a good solid core of players that you could build around that are going to be quality, that are going to be reliable, that maybe can grow with the club. Walter Benitez can maybe grow with the club. He's going to provide that solid foundation that you need in the spot that Newcastle are at right now. So, moving on, let's move quickly on to center back. 
So who did you guys have at center back? Will, let's go to you first since you're prepared. I've got John Anthony Brooks, center back at Wolfsburg. He's 28 years old. He's going to be out of contract after this year. Maybe Wolfsburg wants to keep him to help uh, mentor future uh, teammate Ricardo Pepe. John Anthony Brooks has obviously been very hot and cold over the past year, been very in form with his club, uh, not in form with his national team. I'll say that that's that's about uh, all the bullet points I have for John Anthony Brooks. Just a a, a little uh, a little marketing. Need a, an American in there to get those American fans to watch our games. On. Andrew, what do you think of Will's pick of John Brooks going to Newcastle? How do you think he'd do I there? Think I think that's a great pick. I mean, it's the best pick ever. <laughs> no, not John Brooks. Come on now. Who's your pick? I don't have a pick. They don't need defense. All scoring. Yeah, I mean their defense is kind of solid. That's not the. Those aren't the positions I'm most worried about. I'll. You know what, Andrew? If I could go back to a defender that I would like to see play for Newcastle, if it was the summer, it would be Ramos. I think that would be a good signing for them. Somebody that's Sergio Ramos. Like yes, if we could go back and and redo this, that's who. That's who I think. That's the type of player I think they need. They need somebody that's going to be gritty and towards the end of their career at center back because you don't need a whole bunch of young guys playing defense. That's when things go wrong. All right. Well, Andrew, I'm going to banter you all episode because I, no, I don't agree. <laughs> Bringing in a 34, 35-year-old injury prone, which who's going to cost a ton of money in transfer fees and an even more in wages. Disagree. I, I don't think you ball out like that. I think you go for two center backs who are out of contract in the summer. One's from the Bundesliga and one is from back home. You go for Ginter, Matthias Ginter over at Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's got six months left on his contract in January so you could pick him up for the cheap or sign a pre-contract deal and get him for free in the summer he I mean Ginter you you get that flex of center back and right back he's got he's performed really well for Germany so he's got some international experience he's really rock solid again building that spine down the back he's playing for a team that is in Mönchengladbach they're all right they're not fantastic in my I mean in my opinion but he's still a good lockdown a, a good lockdown center back and you know he has the flexibility same thing James Tarkowski over at Burnley I think he provides a really good Premier League experience he's pretty young he's like 28 years old so he's right in the peak you get him for free you sign him for a large wage you just get him in there to solidify your spine again solidify that back line keep some balls out of the net we are running out of time so let's quickly go through some midfielders which I think we could do more than one in the midfield department and be safe because their midfield it is crap I mean it is in the mud I got Paul Pogba this is really going to make a in their budget but i think these owners want a star does paul pogba want to be the guy i, th- I, I think don't they think would... he does not at a project not without european football i don't think he does I, it's a you good shout because he's out of contract field? in six months what do you think about frankie de young i think he probably just signed a new contract at barcelona but i think he'd be a great yeah but barcelona's barcelona's in such a money turmoil like if newcastle offered you enough to take him off i think it's going to be a lot of money even though barcelona's in financial turmoil i think pedri and ansu fati and frankie de young and um gavi their new midfielders i think they're you don't think they're moving i don't think they're moving no i'm I, I think I think that's a good shout. I think that'd be an absolutely fantastic player that you sign first and you make a statement of like, yeah, we're here and we're going to make this happen and we're going to 
do a big deal. We're going to make a big deal about this. My, I have a couple of them. I have Husam Alwar over at Lyon. He'd be a fantastic attacking midfielder to link up the midfield with the offense, which you see that after all these games that Newcastle played, they just can't get any freaking offense going unless it comes from Alan St. Maximin. And I think to maximize St. Maximin and Callum Wilson, you bring in Alwar. He's got 3.6 shots per game, 1.9 key passes per 90, one goal every 178 minutes, so he's really contributing. He's got that creative force. 85% of passes completed, three dribbles per 90, and with as aggressive as he is in the passing department, I think he'd be a really, really good statement. He's also only 23, and I mean, Leon was begging for somebody to take him off their hands last year. This is a good signing for them. could also say players like Leandro Paredes, who cannot get a minute over at PSG because Verratti's healthy and he's playing out of his mind. So that'd be a good big name signing. I don't think you can sign all three of these players at once. I also said Florian Grilich. That'd be a real Ralph Rangnick signing. Um, he's good off the ball with five tackles and interceptions per game. He'd be an upgrade on John Joe Shelby. His passes forward are excellent, which he com- I believe he makes 6.5 forward passes per 90. And he doesn't dribble often, but he is secure in the ball. So I believe he attempts less than one per game, but completes 70% of them. So Florian Grilich, big, under 27, center midfielder, good defensive midfielder over at Hoffenheim. I think he'd be a great. Let's move on to forward. The most I want to give a shout position. to Weston McKinney first. Weston McKinney, say. there we go. I mean, we know Juventus is, you know, trying to move him. There's been talks with West Ham, and we also know he uh, he was interested in coming to the Premier League a couple years ago. He's really out of favor under Maximiliano Allegri. Even He's though he just came option. out yesterday saying he likes him. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He's a great coach. I, I mean, he's a great coach, but when he doesn't play you kind of a big deal i think 25 million could pull him from juventus it adds marketability for to the united states too i mean he's he's a great player he's i I think what he needs to work on is the passing per match he only averages about 35 passes per match right now which is the i think the average of the premier league is like 50 to 60 so he would need to up that i'm gonna i'm gonna counter you and say he needs to up his fitness His, his, his underlining problem is his fitness Yes. If he was fitter, he'd have more passes. He'd be on the ball more. That's his problem right now. And we learned that with the United States. I mean, in between games, he got in trouble because he went out and partied. He's just yep. being too much of a little boy in a man's game. And he's got to grow up a little bit before he can really solidify himself into the, the greats of the U.S. I think you're absolutely right. Moving on very quickly forwards. Who do you guys got? Andrew, do you want to go first this time? Or are you underprepared again? So totally, totally out of, out of left field. I'm going to throw out my boy that I always mess up. We've talked about him many many a times my belgium striker doku <laughs> who i who i always seem to think is somebody other than what he actually is yeah but Jeremy, he doesn't play at arsenal over... he does not play at arsenal no he does not he plays at i don't remember ren he plays at ren and i just I, I i mean he's what 18 years old that could be that could be a very fun signing for them he was explosive when i saw him play with belgium i mean he's got unbelievable amounts of speed he's got tons of potential he's probably cheap i don't think he's cheap but imagine seeing jeremy doku on the right and alan st maximin on the left just blitzing down the field Will, we have a very short amount of time left. Who you got? Yeah, I got a couple old geezers. I got Luis Suarez and Gareth Bale at 34. Each. Oh, uh, hey. Hey, Gareth Suarez. Bale's not a bad I, shout. Suarez isn't either. 
Suarez showed he could still find the back of the net the last year with uh, Atletico Madrid. Gareth Bale, maybe uh, not so interested in playing soccer anymore and just cashing checks, but... And playing golf. That's why he plays golf, and then he checks into the international team, makes some money, and then leaves. Yeah, I think Luis Suarez averaged like a goal involvement a game last year for Atletico Madrid. Sucks for you, Barcelona. Shows what you know. <laughs> Can we talk about Griezmann? He's on loan right now. That's a possibility. Yeah, I think it's an obligation to buy from Atletico Madrid. Otherwise... That's not a bad shout. I said somebody else from... I have so many players here that I could choose from. You could say Martial, the 26-year-old center forward from Manchester United, who's out of form because of Ronaldo. The up-and-coming Mason Greenwood. You know, he's he's third in the pecking order. You've got Gerard Moreno, who scored like 40 goals last year for Villarreal, and they still finished like eighth in the table. I mean, he's, he's a shining star in what's otherwise a garbage pile. Luka Jovic, out of favor at Real Madrid because Kareem Benzema is, I mean, playing like a Ballon d'Or contender. He's really playing absolutely crazy. Dusan Vlaovic out of Fiorentina, you know, he's like dying to get out of that club and I think like 40 million will take that away. I don't know if he comes to Newcastle this early on because it's still like a very much so a work in progress. He could be a good shout. Um, Alexander Lacazette's out of contract in the summer, so he could be a good shout. You know, speaking of geezers coming in, you know, he'd be a good 10, 15 goal a season striker, just like Callum Wilson. And Callum Wilson gets injured all the time. So that's, speaking of time, that's about all the time we have. Any last thoughts or any plugs, boys? I think we've covered a lot. Let's let's end on this. Pick one player, or maybe even two, that you bring in for $50 million this January, which is what Newcastle said their budget was. I'd go after uh, Declan Rice. Okay, I don't think $50 is enough to get him, but that's not a bad shout. <laughs> I spend it all on Mbappe. It's okay. definitely not Horrible, <laughs> horrible shout I'm once kidding, again. I'm kidding. I'd, I'd go Duke Doku. That's who I'd go for. That's who I'd go for. I think he's, he's going to be a star i think he's gonna be a huge star in the league one day and that's that's tons of potential potential your pick john i think i go for husam alwar i i think he's the one i think he provides the midfield threat the gold scoring threat the creativity or somebody i didn't mention wolf zaha he'd be he'd be crazy playing on the other side of alan st maximin but this is what we think this is how you improve newcastle saudi owners Get on it. Listen to Football by the Numbers, promote our podcast, take our suggestions to heart, and improve Newcastle. This has been Football by the Numbers. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. We are Football by the Numbers.